everybody and welcome back to the F2 show by Inside F2. I'm your host Fraser Ford and joining me for this week's episode of the F2 show we have our very own Aaron Harper and Emily Sands and we also have a very special guest joining us on today's show Formula 2 debutant last time out Josh Mason. Hi everyone. Good to have you with us Josh. Uh, Aaron, Emily I'll come to you guys first. Aaron I, uh, I imagine you've been uh, digging digging out the scrapbooks when you were back at Silverstone back uh, watching Fangio in the, uh, back in the day and uh, Emily I imagine you've been sat staring at the walls manifesting more Jack Durham wins. No that's uh, how your weeks have gone. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm delving into my archives of uh, junior formula, and you know, just going through all the Formula Three Thousand winners, uh, the glory days of Nick Heidfeld and GP Two, Lewis Hamilton at Turkey. Um, yeah, just reliving the glory days. Good stuff. And Emily, yeah, uh, manifesting those Jack Doohan. I'm actually, I, I've spent a week uh, hoping Jack Doohan, this is no disrespect for Jack Doohan, by the way, we love Jack Doohan, but hoping he doesn't win the title, bearing in mind if he does win the title after the Shoei. So uh, for anyone yeah. who's uh, watching for the first time on the podcast, uh, yeah, that's a bit of context behind that. But Emily, you're, you're, you're a big fan, aren't you? You've uh, been uh, manifesting more Jack Doohan wins. I'm never going to hear the end of this, am I? It's <laughs> constant for the next season uh yeah that's exactly what i've been doing i haven't i have not done anything else i've just stared at wall for the last two weeks you're completely right fraser how did yeah. you know i did think so i did think so and uh yeah it's uh yeah exactly how how that's played out i've actually uh yeah it's been uh it's nice to we had lawrence on the podcast uh, last time out to uh reflect on the 2024 calendar which was released last week uh, so it's nice to have a, a bit of a break from you guys, Emily and Aaron. I'm not going to lie. But anyway, enough of that nonsense. Uh, let's get into it. Our special guest, Josh Mason. A uh, very well, warm welcome to the podcast. Uh, first of all, how are you? And uh, you've actually just returned from the US. Is that right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. So I was actually uh, watching the IndyCar in Nashville uh, this weekend. You know, obviously it's our summer break. Um, so I thought to take the time to go over there and have a look at the different side of racing over the pond. How was that? Is uh, yeah, IndyCar something you uh, it gets you excited? Um, yeah, I, I I enjoy the experience. It was my second IndyCar race I've been to. Um, very different over here in uh, Europe of how the philosophy of racing is. Um, I think that's what I like most about it. It's just it's just different. Even the competition is the same, and you know, as a driver, you want to go in and win. I think the whole atmosphere and how they engage with um with their fans and the audience is actually pretty incredible yeah really cool i bet that was a cool experience let's get into the nitty-gritty then you obviously made your formula 2 debut in spa how, how would you reflect on that debut weekend for you in formula 2 i'll say it was okay um it was it was a bit of a batsman uh batsman of fire um i was expecting to be home watching the race on tv and then all of a sudden the phone rang saying that you'll be racing in it uh, this weekend or that weekend. Sorry. Um, you know, for me, it was a completely new, new uh, learning curve. Um, everything about it, the car, the procedures, the racing format, everything was thrown at me and I had to learn it in the space of a weekend. Um, but I'll say overall it, it was good. And, um, you know, I'm just looking forward to improve further. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to me about how the opportunity came about then. What did the week look like leading up to Spa? Did PHM approach you? Did you, your management, approach PHM? How, how did that work? How did you end up in that position? Oh, that was actually interesting. So um, that, that whole entire week was, was completely crazy. Um, 
effectively I was at home uh, in my in my lovely bed um, about to go to bed and it was Tuesday at midnight and my phone rang and it was actually my dad who called me um, and he said Josh opportunities come up um, you, you, I think you'll be very interested while I was midway like half asleep I was like oh dad please come on you know it's like midnight over here um, I'm trying to get my sleep and he said, um, Josh, you'll be racing Formula 2 um, this weekend with PHM. All of a sudden, completely, completely woke up. I, I was completely awake. I was like, Dad, are you kidding me? Um, you know, he goes, no, Josh's opportunities come across and uh, they want you to race. Um, so that entire night, I didn't sleep. I was completely wide awake. Um, and what was going through my mind is, you know, to get there and just enjoy and learn as much in the weekend. So um, the call did come from my dad. Um, so, yeah, that's how I got in touch with PHM Racing. Do, do you kind of leave that stuff to your management team to sort? You kind of just let them crack on and that was the first time you heard of it? Did you, did you know that? Was, was you interested in racing in Formula 2? Or, how, yeah, what was the process? Um, yeah, the process was um, we were definitely interested in racing Formula 2, but... Um, this year was actually a very quiet one. Um, this year was just more of a driver development for me to hopefully move into Formula 2 for 2024. Um, but all of a sudden, that that uh, working with my management literally came super early. Um, so, I've yeah, the management has been taken over to get me into Formula 2 for next season. Um, but no, they've done a brilliant job to get me in now, really, so... Yeah, great. I think, uh, Aaron and Emily, you've got a few questions uh, lined up for Josh, haven't you? So, uh, yeah, Emily, over to you. Yeah, sure. So, obviously, you said that it was a quieter year for you this year in, in driving development. Obviously, when you got that call, like you said, you were really excited. I wanted to know, kind of, obviously, you got that call on the Tuesday, and then I take it you probably started straight away, like either the Wednesday or the Thursday. In terms of training and obviously stepping into an F2 car and maybe even diet a little bit was there anything that you were told by a trainer that you had to uh you know really work on quickly for the weekend really my my trainer told me to work more on the neck um there's because there's a lot of g's in a formula two car um but for me far, right? oh de definitely through poem and you know going for a rouge is it's not fun on the neck um at all <laughs> but um no for for me it was no, nothing's not like nothing changed on the on the training side you know beginning of the season or beginning of 2023 like um i knew that i won't be racing much this year um so for me i just kept up with my routine of the training the dieting because you put you know racing is very unpredictable you never know what what will happen or what might come up um so i think that's for me the training side i was in a good shape um heading into this weekend it's just lucky how I kept my motivation and discipline, I guess, in the gym and on, and the food is on my plate um, every single day since January. Um, so I think that definitely helped. Obviously, there must have been some doubts, maybe a bit of nervousness. I mean, Spa is a pretty, you know, that's like the track. You know, we've seen a lot of things happen there over the years. So deep down, there must have been some sort of like, maybe not scared, but some sort of doubts and nervousness coming into it. How did you deal with that and just focus on the weekend and getting good results and learning as much as you can? Um, I think, like like I said, it's, it's, the, it's the complete mindset. Um, 
off like off track and a lot of people do know i do a lot of meditation away from the track um because i think that's also important for for as my mental health as like just growing up as an individual uh, i think it's really important um but over the weekend i had to do a loss of meditation because you know spa and the wet especially for, uh, that weekend in a car which i've never driven before was was a lot to take um so of course I'll, I'll be honest there were a lot of nerves going in um this weekend i actually spoke to a friend who was actually racing formula three uh that weekend and i said to him openly saying look i i am very nervous you know and he he responded to me saying well josh if you weren't nervous then something's not right so um so i took that approach and just basically calmed myself for the weekend and just focused on my job was uh, to learn and try and get better and better each session I had. Who was that friend, can you say? Uh, yes, his name was uh, Christian Mansell. Nice, and I guess it's reassuring for you to um, you know, have people you can turn to in those situations, right? Because, uh, you know, I, I'm sure every driver up and down the grid is, uh, you know, very nervous on their on their debut. So it's, uh, I guess it's great to have someone like Christian who you can turn to and, uh, yeah, just give you that reassurance, right? Oh yeah, for for sure. But it, it wasn't just him who gave me that reassurance. Like you know, a lot of the uh, F two um, team bosses for each team, you know, were like to me, you know, Josh, enjoy the weekend. You know, it, it's it's a lot, a lot asking from you. Like you know, to jump in this at this time of the championship and around Spa is not easy. But I think my favorite, my favorite comment was uh, from Fritz van Amersfoort. Um, he said to me. Josh, I think you're bloody crazy for doing this, number one. And <laughs> and uh, you, you deserve a point for just coming and doing this. Um, so so he said, you know, just enjoy the weekend and good luck. But th- those words from Fritz uh, were very, very interesting, but, you know, it definitely helped me calm myself through the weekend. Well, just to pick up on your, your weekend in Spa, what was the biggest thing that you learned from that weekend? Obviously, lots of mixed conditions, the, the rain, then obviously you stalled on the on the dummy grid and you had to deal with that. What was the biggest thing you came away with after the the, the feature race on Sunday? Um, I don't know. Well, firstly, I want to I want to start off by by saying um, I, from the outside for the dummy grid, effectively what happened was that the car was not going to first gear, um, so I didn't get the opportunity to pull away due to that. Um, but for me, the after the feature race. For me, it was like what I saw I learned was basically for the races. Um, you know, that was the longest distance race I've, I've done. Um, I raced in um, and to do a pit stop as well, which is something else I had to learn. Um, but every single day from Friday to Saturday and Saturday to Sunday, it was like a brand new, completely brand new day. Um, it's not like, oh, I could take that from yesterday and carry it today. Like everything was completely different. Um, so I was happy with what I did in in the races um one was actually just both finished both of them you know that that's an achievement itself um but you know for me it was just finishing the racing and learning how the car how the car is in races racing performance and how the tires work because especially in formula two tires are a massive factor um which can make your make or break your race effectively so um for me it was to learn the tire as well and just sort of picking up on a point that Emily mentioned, like obviously Spa has a bit of a tragic history at the moment with yeah. everything that's going on there. And there was lots of concerns heading into the weekend. Mm-hmm. As a young driver yourself, and I know Emily's mentioned this already, 
how do you feel? What were your feelings heading out there, specifically on the safety of the circuit? Were you, were you thinking about that at all? Was it in your mind or were you just, this is a great opportunity for me. I've got to go out and show what I can do and just deal with the deal with driving the car rather than thinking about what's going on around it. Um, it, it was a bit of both. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big supporter on the safety um, because end of the day, it's uh, the driver's lives are out there um, risking it. Um, and obviously, due to the tragedy of what happened to Dialano um, earlier this year in uh, in a Formula Regional, you know, in the conditions, what happened to him, you know, you're going to spa like that in the rain in much more powerful cars and thinking, you know, this could potentially happen. But, you know, I think the FIA, I think after Dialano, the FIA were very, very, you know, they were very on it about safety, especially um, around Spa and the wet, you know, if anything was safe, then they wouldn't send us out. Um, so on that side, that always was in the back of my mind. But in the forefront, you know, it was still to do a decent job and focus on my role in uh, in getting in the car. I don't, I don't know if you saw it on uh, Sky F1 TV, but Martin Brundle did a piece before the Belgian Grand Prix, and he said, drivers need to mind-manage concerns over safety when they step into a car. He said danger is intrinsic, is, is an intrinsic part of motorsport. So how do you personally deal with the risks of being a racing driver? Um, I've never been actually been asked something like this. It's quite hard. I think for me, it's just you, for me, I always think about, you know, you like Josh, you know what you're getting yourself into. You know, if you think it's too dangerous, then the, op- the option is yours to not do it. But end of the day, we thrive racing cars around a racetrack very, very quickly. And it comes with these consequences of these all these dangers. Um, so I always just try and not really think about it, even though they're there and I, and I acknowledge they're there. End of the day, this is something which I've chosen to do. Um, and I put more of my focus on that. So fascinating, fascinating insight, Josh. Thank you for your uh, yeah your honesty in, in terms of all of that. Uh, let's move it on a little bit. I want to talk about the Formula Two car itself. Talk to me about the it's a it's a beastly car, right? There's obviously yeah, a lot of power. Uh, the the tires are incredibly difficult to manage. Yeah, talk to us about it. How 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 was all of that? Um yeah, um, jumping into that car with that much power and that much weight was a lot to take. Um, all the previous cars I've driven are very light and very nimble um i think that's the best way to describe it formula 2 cars aren't the most nimble cars out there um due to how how heavy they are um but for me it was mostly tires you know i've i've been following formula 2 for literally years now even back when it was called gp2 you know and it was always always about tire management um so to experience that for myself was 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 actually really really good for me to learn because you know i think once you understand the tire then uh, you will do very well in this championship and i think that's very important yeah definitely it's uh yeah tire management is such a big thing when it gets to yeah yeah your formula twos and your your formula ones um and, and why why did you go for the well i guess uh it was management as we've already discussed but why formula mm-hmm. two rather than formula three why why yeah i bet that's a question you've been asked a lot but yeah why why did you feel like it was suitable to jump straight into formula two and, and bypass formula three yeah I, there, there's there's a lot of ways i could answer this question the acceleration of learning um, I think it's probably a little bit much greater 
in a Formula 2 due to the pressure. Don't get me wrong, Formula 3, you know, you've got 30 cars out there. Um, you've got 30 cars out there, which is a lot. Um, Formula 3 weekends, the exact same as Formula 2, you know, very, very limited track time, not a lot of testing. And when you have 30 cars, the chances of you being caught up in an accident, not a fault of your own, is much, much greater. Um, so I think for me, those are the fundamental reasons why I sort of bypassed uh, Formula 3. Do you think um, you will, yeah, I guess, benefit more from the, you know, Formula 2, jumping straight into a Formula 2 car and, and skipping Formula 3? I, I guess, uh, yeah, it's a it's a steeper learning curve. It's maybe a more difficult learning curve, but it, mm-hmm. it ultimately is a uh, faster learning curve, right? Yeah, you know, I I've, I know people who are raising Formula 3 this year, you know, um, you know, like Oli Goethe, Christian Mansell, uh, Alex Garcia. You know, I've been speaking to them about it. And from them being my teammates last year in the Euro Formula Open, um, they effectively said, you know, in Formula 3, the, the handling is quite similar to European Formula 3. And um, what makes it so good is that, you know, it's on F1 weekend and there's lots, lots more cars. Um but after hearing that and having my own personal opinions about uh, Formula 3, you know, I think as as a team, my management thought, you know, it will be beneficial for Josh to move into Formula 2 and have that steeper learning curve um, so that if Josh ever goes to a professional racing career, um, you know, he can handle these sort of pressures. So it's not just about, oh, going step by step, you know, it's for me and my management, it's more effectively getting me ready for tough decisions um to build me as a as a person and to build me as a professional racing driver just to jump in on on that like uh, skipping ahead to the future a little bit um Mm. christian lungard is the most recent new winner in indycar obviously you were out in nashville at the weekend and there's a couple of other ex-formula 2 drivers in callum eilert and marcus armstrong who are doing pretty well there too is that becoming a more viable career path like you say the professional sort of level of racing yeah, it, it it definitely is. Um, you know, what, even when I was in, in, in Nashville, um, speaking to some of the team owners, um, their opinions were very, very highly rated um, about Formula 2 drivers. Um, you know, I was speaking to, um, actually, I was speaking to uh, Alexander Rossi's dad, Peter. And, you know, I, I, was, I haven't seen Peter in like three or four years. And um, I bumped into him on the grid of the IndyCar race. And he immediately said to me, Josh, I, fo- I follow Formula 2 very closely. And actually, it made me a little bit nervous when he said that. I was like, oh, dear, well, like, what, what has he seen or what has he heard? Um, but he, he was saying to me that, you know, a lot of these IndyCar teams like taking Formula 2 drivers fresh from doing that straight into IndyCar um, because they, they say that, you know, the competition in, over in Europe is very, very, very strong and when drivers go from Formula 2 to IndyCar or even Formula 1 to IndyCar, they, they can adapt it very, very quickly. And I think that's what the, the IndyCar team owners like a lot. I'll just jump in from something that Fraser mentioned earlier. You said that you were talking to some of the F3 drivers and obviously stepping into an F2 car was a whole new experience for you, as well as obviously the team and the race engineer and all the pit crew and obviously Roy Asani as well. Did you have any chats with him before stepping into the car and did he help to kind of give you expectations of what it was going to be like oh de- definitely i think roy, roy was a massive help um for me over the weekend you know due to his experience in in formula two 
it, it was sort of like small things, um, you know, because as I, as I said, how jumping into Formula 2 was completely brand new. When I mean brand new, like hand clutch was brand new to me. You know, it, all my other cars I've driven have been foot clutches. And after speaking to Roy about all the different procedures, um, I was like, wow, there's a, there's a lot to learn. I still remember um, the data engineer for PHM gave me this fat operation book just plonked it in front of me and says, you have to learn all this. And I was like, wow, thanks. My number, I'm already nervous as it is and you just plonked this whole book on me. I didn't want to go to school, but you know, I came here to race cars. Um, but no, I was flicking through and there was so much you have to know, but to have Roy there as well, you know, Roy has been a big help because he knows this car like the back of his hand. Um, you know, he gave me some, a few tips and secrets, which I cannot mention uh, about the car. Um, but you know, to have Roy there was actually was made was made the experience a little bit easier. Mm. And I suppose, obviously, you said that you knew the tires were going to be a massive part of having that to learn, and you said you got that massive book that I maybe you should have read <laughs> that <laughs> night. Did you read it before you went to bed? <laughs> but um, um, I guess was there anything? Sorry, was there anything that you went into it thinking oh yeah that'll be fine like I'll be able to I'll be able to figure that out or was there anything where you went mm, that's going to be more challenging for me but actually when you got to that stage was it how you thought it was going to play out or was it kind of like oh right okay that's what I have to do um pretty much your the last thing you said oh right yeah that's how it's supposed to be that, that's how it was <laughs> you know um you know I like like I said, uh, to do the formation lap for the sprint race, all the previous times in practice and quality, I got the car into gear. And then at the time of that moment, I couldn't get into gear. And mm. after the race, I said to Roy, Roy, you know, I did this with the, cl with the clutch pedal. It wasn't doing anything and whatever. And he said, oh, Josh, you had to do this. So I was like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. Um, but you know, with, with with anything, with any driver or just anything you in do in life, I think the more you do it, the more you just know. You know, you're not gonna jump in and immediately go, Oh yes, this and this and this and this, and you're gonna be an expert at it like immediately. That's just not natural. Um mm. but for me, every, everything was like, Oh, okay, that makes sense. Or, oh, okay, um, that's how you do it. So hopefully when I race at Zandvoort, we don't have any of these issues. Definitely. We're going to talk about Zanvor in a minute. But before we do that, a um, couple of uh, questions from the fans on Discord yeah. that we're going to ask you if that's all right. So uh, yeah. Rachel says, uh, what was the biggest learning curve uh, stepping into a Formula 2 car? I think we kind of covered that, uh, Lucy, already. But uh, yeah, in terms of stepping into the car itself. Uh, and Dakota on Discord uh, asked, uh, did the experience differ from what you expected it to be like coming into the weekend? Um, to to, to answer, answer Rachel's question, you know, I can name, I can list it as three things, weight, power, and uh, tires. You know, those were the biggest learning curves or the step in jumping the Formula 2 car. Um, but for Dakota's question, um, it sort of was what I, I expected. Um, you know, you, you watch it on TV and you, you, and as a driver, you understand what, what we try to go through um, to get in this stage. But, you know, it, it's, it was still a shock, the whole entire experience, to effectively be at home, training, focus on yourself, to then be, all right, Josh, you're going to be performing in front of Formula One uh, teams and do your best. 
and you know that that was a lot lot to take with with you know how Formula Two procedures are and you know being on the grid of some of the drivers who who are very 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 good and you just watch them on TV for the last couple of months to now be racing against them you know the whole that side of the experience was a lot to take but um no I think heading into the weekend I had some idea what my motto might be like yeah definitely and uh, looking forward to the future then do you expect to be in Formula 2 for for the rest of the season and uh yeah if not I guess what do you what do you foresee the 2023 season looking like for you um, currently right now, uh, I definitely know I'll be doing the Zandvoort round, but I'm not sure, um, what's happening after that. I think at this rate, the management are doing a very, very good job of getting me to do the rest of the season, um, which will be very, very good for me. Um, so right now I am currently not sure for Monza or Yas Marina, um, but I definitely know Zandvoort is the next race and, um, I'm just focused on that, uh, really. Is that with PHM in, uh, in Zandvoort? Uh, yeah, uh, the the idea is to do PHM for the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, Zanvoort will definitely be a PHM. Love that. And uh, final question from us uh, is uh, Liam on our Discord channel. We had a lot of uh, lot of questions on our Discord channel, actually, inside F2 uh, on Discord, if you want to get involved, guys. Um, but yeah, Liam's question was, uh, what are your personal goals for the, for the rest of the season? Say, if you are in for the final three rounds of the season, what, what would you like to achieve? Um, For me, it's just to take each week each weekend step by step so for Zandvoort it will be on be the on the pace of my teammate of Roy um, so that we can really push and develop the car further together and then Monza you know as as, as a driver is to beat your teammate immediately um, after that and then hopefully if I get the chance to do the last round in Abu Dhabi is to get the, the team their first point you know I think getting a uh, PHM their first point in Formula 2 will be a great achievement and uh, for the team and to be the driver to do so you know that'll be awesome for me as well absolutely and it wouldn't be bad for the reputation beating a 113 race start uh, Roy Nassani with it so uh, Josh listen it's been great to have you on mate really appreciate your honesty really appreciate uh, yeah your uh, yeah what you've been saying today um, and yeah that's all we got time for today my thanks to Aaron and to Emily for joining us on today's show and as we said a big thank you to josh for being our special guest on the podcast as well today uh, we do have some exclusive content coming your way however it is only on spotify so if you're watching on youtube or you're listening elsewhere make sure you go and subscribe to us on spotify uh, search inside f2 uh, on spotify for that exclusive content you will not want to miss it i can tell you that but from me fraser ford and all of us here at inside f2 we'll see you next time